Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. Mark Zylinski, Jeremy Duval, and Rob Fanouf as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Nick Williams. I'm Steve Hildry. And I'm Mark Zelensky. Welcome to another episode of Countercharge UK style. It is a Sunday morning here, Eastern Standard Time, and it is what one thirty in the afternoon over there for you, gentlemen. That's yep. what it is. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I always love our UK shows. So that's why we have Steve on board, trying to do more of them. So very, very happy. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> happy uh, that you could join us today, Steve. And uh, Nick is here because he has some really exciting news. But before we get to that, we're going to do some quick updates. Because Nick, I was taking a look at my Skype, but we haven't talked to you for like a year. I, that can't be right, is it? Yeah, I, I think that might actually be right. Looking myself, the last time that I was on was with uh, Daniel Reed, uh, who I actually got to play the other day. That was uh, that was quite fun. Oh, I'm playing Daniel in a couple of weeks. Actually, no, I'm playing him on Tuesday. Oh, cool. Yeah, because he's up here in the Midlands now. He moved up from London, I think, to Derby, somewhere like that. Yes. Anyway. Yeah, so I'm going to take my shabbily painted uh, hordes of crap to play his amazingly <laughs> beautiful hordes of everything. It's going to be good. It's sickening, isn't it, how he can have... Uh... <laughs> Armies that look that good. Yeah. Were you not on any of the coverage when you went over for um, Adepticon? No, no, they completely ignored me, didn't you? Ah. Uh... Hey, Rob was in charge of all re- live recording at the show. So, and if you noticed, there wasn't any, <laughs> 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 except for me with Roddy. So that was about it. So, but <laughs> the other thing I got to mention about Dan, see what he does is that's his uh, that's his edge in the game. So you're looking at his models. And you're not paying attention to the game. See, that that's where his edge comes in. So Definitely, yeah. Very good. Yeah, you know, Nick, I was taking a look back. I think that it was like the second or third narrative workshop episode where we were talking about the super cool cards you designed for Kings of War. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. So, hey, why don't you give us a little update, Nick? What have you been up to in the world of Kings of War? If we're going back that far, I mean... Uh... So one of the things that I um, I set myself out to do a couple of years ago was to really, really improve on my hobby uh, ability, and hopefully start start getting to the level where I can uh, compete for for best army awards and stuff. Um, and I had this this idea for an army which has been bubbling around for well over a year. I, I tell you what, it's it's probably in the works when uh, we last spoke because I've had it new on the sprues, just sat in a sat in a cupboard. But at the beginning of this year, I sat down and I built and painted the Brotherhood Army. And the idea behind the army was that there is a forest with some sort of mystical, magical force behind it that basically turns people into dryads if they uh, go into the forest. And so that's that's what this Brotherhood Army was was based on. And it got its debut at the Four Foot Snake Grand Tournament, where I did win the Best Army Award, which I was very happy with. Yeah, I've seen that army, actually. It is really... In fact, you beat me with that army. It's really, really, really nice. Very nice army. Beautiful. Thank you. With the with the ultimate display board wanker. 
<laughs> Quickly, insert uh, sound effect. Yeah. Hey, that's the one with the 3D printed water elementals, right? Yes, that's the one. So I made uh, water elemental horses, just a, a wave of horses galloping out of the water. I'm very happy with how those came out. And then when it came to Adepticon, I also needed I needed to take a Mantic Army to that event. And in my stupid state, I decided about two to three weeks before the event that I would build and paint a brand new army for it, which I really regret. That, that was horrendous. <laughs> but you did pick the right army if you were going to build one, you know, for low model count. I, I went for Ogres and uh, I did get, did get it done. And I just... Rather that I hadn't started you army three weeks before an event. <laughs> it was worth it. It's, it's uh, cemented your legendary modeling status, so I think you're fine. <laughs> Absolutely, Nick. You have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> no one had heard of him before that, so it's just as well, really. He's quite quiet yeah. on the scene. You know, no one's aware of him. Yeah, no, no one had heard of him before that, yeah. <laughs> In addition to that, you've been painting orcs like a madman, so... Yep, I'm currently uh, working on an Orc Army, so I signed up for a 40k tournament, and I've absolutely no interest in playing 40k competitively. It doesn't interest me in the slightest, but the fact that I signed up for an event means that I have to get an army for it, and that, that was, that's my motivation, is getting this army ready for the event, and that's in July, so I've got two months to build and paint an Orc Army. So is that the army on your desk right now, or do you uh, insanely have yet another Kings of War army in you this year? I don't think I've got another Kings of War army in me this year. Uh, what I am doing is I'm slowly repainting the Ogres, and I'm just bringing them up to stand, because obviously with them being done in three weeks, they were very, very rushed, and I'm not very happy with the paint quality, but I'm working on that as well. Are you then going to sell them like you sold your other three Ogre armies? Other four oh, I'm so, so sorry. Four. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, probably not sell them, no. At least not for now. Plan is he's going to bring him to Adepticon next year, try to sell him and pay for his trip, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't want a Nick Williams painted ogre army? I don't know, right? You could sign each model individually. <laughs> four people beforehand wanted uh, Nick Williams ogre armies, so... Absolutely, absolutely. So, Steve, what have you been up to lately since we've spoken to last? Well, I've been still. I'm still trying to get my rats done, and it's taken me far too long because I keep. So, cause I've got a couple of tournaments coming up, but one of them is um, a 2,500 point competition, and there is no way in hell I'm going to ever get enough rats painted for 2,500 points. So, I've got a 1,600 point one coming up, which is fine. I'll have enough rats for that. But then I needed to up my elves, so I was going to take Twilight Kim to 2,500 point. But then I need to paint some hydras, so um, I've been doing that. I bought, I got some secondhand. You know those old GW hydras? They're all metal. They're really nice. So I got some of those, but I only had like four heads on one of them and one tail. So I've had to kind of green stuff some extra heads and tails and stuff on those. So I've been doing those and still trying to get the the rats finished. So I think I'm one regiment of blight. I've got to finish up a regiment of tunnel runners and do one more weapon team. I think the rats will then be done. So I, I was uh, just working away on those. I recorded, not that I'd like to plug my YouTube channel, but uh, I've got a, a battle report on tape to finish editing and put up. So that'll be over the next week or so. So I played uh, Simon Cooper, who's a, a Midlands player. That was quite fun. And apart from that, what have I been doing? I bought, well, see, my next project, after I've done the rats, 
I'm going to do a Chinese historical army. So I've been um, researching some units for that and getting some models and, and practicing with that. So that's my next project. That's been my hobby up to now. How about you, Mark? What have you been up to? Well, before we fade over to me, this rat army, this is the one that you're converting out of all the vermin, right? Right. So, yes, yeah, so everything is it's well, not all vermin. Some of it is so that the tunnel slaves are like a mixture of various like goblins, orcs, humans, uh, naiads that I've kind of chopped up and hacked up. And let me tell you, after finishing an army of, of mantic elves, nothing gives me greater pleasure than slicing them up and like chopping off limbs and stuff. It's quite visceral. It's kind of it makes me feel good. Um, so, but the rest of it is mostly the vermin. There's a nice article on Dash 28 that someone's put up around the different vermin units and how you can bring them across. So that's a really great starting point if anyone's considering it. But um, because I'm a bit extra, I've gone way over the top and there's um, I've removed a lot of the spacey armor and there's a lot of green stuff going on. And I posted up the models on Fanatics that I've done so far. And I'm quite pleased with them for my standard, which is I'm not the best painter. I'm, I'm no Nick Williams and I'm definitely no Dan Reed. I think they look okay. So I'm quite pleased with how they've turned out. So that should be finished quite soon, yeah. Oh, so people can go over to uh, Fanatics and go ahead and search that out. So for Steve Hildrew, but Steve, your one consolation is you're better than I am. So (laughs) (laughs) there you go. So for me, well, speaking of painting, work has been trying to kill me slowly every day, but I am uh, working away. I did finish my thousand point force of nature, all based, ready to go. I'm very happy about that. And then contrast paints from gw have caught my eye so they're all sparkly so i'm looking at the uh trolls that i started working on going oh boy i think you guys are going into the stripping solution and uh you guys are going to start all over again so kind of looking at that so to plug the gap there what i've decided to do is i am going to build a unit of salamanders i'm going to speed paint them the same way i did my forces of nature army so they match and then I'm going to contrast that with the new contrast paints. And then I'm going to try to take the starter kit that Mantic put out for Kings of War, which this is a plug for that. If you guys have not checked that out, that is an awesome little kit. Definitely, definitely check it out. You get your abyssals and the forces of nature and a couple of metal models and a great little story and three scenarios to put together. And I kind of think that that set gets lost in the shuffle you know, if there's somebody out there, I wish that Mantic would put in there some MDF multi-bases, and I think they could cut the sprue count down so that they could, you know, do minimum model count or something on that and, you know, get you to actually do the multi-basing out of the gate. And I think that that would be a home run, and I think that would get people into the hobby. You know, one of the things we always hear is that there's too many models to build and stuff like that. That would cut your model count down and give you the multi-bases and get you into Kings of War properly. So, Ronnie, I hope you're listening to this. But anyways, I am going to try to put that starter to get together as intended, and I'm going to use my little model. So I've got my Ironheart Artisan bases, and I'm going to try to come up with a little prototype, take some pictures, and send them over to Matt and Ronnie and say, boys, this is what you need to do with the next starter kit. So... Hopefully that will work, and that will be awesome. But there's a great little story in there. So, again, I'm going to compare and contrast the paint. So I'm going to speed paint, and I'm going to do them the same way. So I've got my color palette worked out, and I'm going to see how it works. So it'll be very, very interesting. So I'll I'll try to take some pictures away. Maybe you'll see an article on Dash 28. Not quite sure about that, but we shall see. So, All right, but that's what I'm working on right now. So, hey, guys, why don't we go ahead? We're going to slide into a commercial break. We're going to come back on the other side. And we are going to talk about our main topic for today, 
the UK Masters. You're listening to Counter Charge. Guys, we need a bumper to share with the other Mantic podcasts. No swearing allowed. Oh, real professional. The Fourth of Snake is a UK-based Kings of War podcast, presented by John. I want to be an individual. Dan. Nick. Can I go to the toilet, please? And Matt. You can find us on Facebook at OFFS and on Twitter at O4FootSnake. And you can find us on iTunes. That's 32 points of damage. Let's do a nerve check. Anything but snake eyes. Oh, for fuck. I am Kyle, Dino Lord Pool, King of the Goblins, and you're listening to Counter Charge. And welcome back. All right, gentlemen. You're not just here because you're good looks and sparkling personalities. We have a main topic today. So, Nick, I know this is your baby, and you are so proud of this. So, I'm going to turn over the countercharge microphone to you, my friend. So, enlighten us about what you've been up to with the UK Masters. Well, I set up the UK Masters. Cool. Good show, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> it's all uh, you. <laughs> I know that for a fact Steve has questions for you, so you're not going that fast, Nick. Right, so what I've done is I've set up a, a website, cowmasters.com, that's K-O-W-M-A-S-T-E-R-S.com, and this is for organising the UK organised place uh, scene for Kings of War. Previously to this, it, it was just it was all over the place. There was some stuff that was on Facebook. There was the original ranking site, Fields of Blood, and there wasn't a central organised place for the Masters. Not not just the Masters, sorry for the for for the organised place scene. But then also there wasn't a Masters committee. So things like determining the rules of the organised place scene, there was no one who could make decisions. And so that's that's what I've gone and set up. Fears of Blood was a Warhammer site, wasn't it, originally? Was that right? Don't know. I, I wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. And it's just that the guy there who ran it, he didn't want to do it anymore, right? He was like, time to hand yeah, over the rank. Absolutely. So that's that's uh, that's kind of what pushed the the timeline forward a bit. I was actually hoping for a bit more time to work on the site before release, but he was very keen to, uh, to hand over the reins. So I dotted off the T's and crossed the I's and pushed out... A version that works. So let me, because I wasn't around in, because I didn't play competitive Warhammer or Warhammer at all since about 1991. When Kings of War originally emerged, was there much of an organised play scene in the UK? Was there, you know, how quick was the tournament scene to spring up when when version one came out, and then after the the thundering? Uh, so the, there was a very small tournament scene in in version one. It was we would have maybe five or six events per year, I think. And some of those would have like seven or eight people. So it was a, it was a very quiet scene compared to what we have now. And there wasn't any, any central organized play, um, anything in the UK. It was just various tournaments and stuff. But when second edition came onto the scene and we, we had the, the influx of ex Warhammer players, one guy, Darren Parks went and set up the, well, I thought he set up the Fields of Blood side, but from what you're saying, it sounds like he uh, just set up a Kings of War subsection of that side. I, I, I might have made that up, to be honest, so you never know. I, I don't know the history of it. I just <laughs> I just know uh, where it is for the Kings of War scene. Fair enough. And then, so when was the first UK Masters? Uh, the first UK Masters, what, uh, that would be 2015, I believe it was. Maybe 2016. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, it'd be 2016. 
Yeah, so not so it's quite a new kind of Masters scene, isn't it? I guess. Who was the first yeah. UK Master out of interest? We don't like to talk about the current one very much. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Fletcher, who Is Josh used, still around? I, think, I don't think so. I know that he won with the three vampire list. Oh, when they were defence six? When they were defence six and they scored. Oof. Yep. <laughs> this is one of those single-person responsible for entire game nerf things, isn't it? It wasn't just him, to be fair, but but yeah, Josh was the, the first winner of the first Masters. Tom Robinson was the year after, and then Adam, yes. Here's a pop fact about Adam that I like to drop into every conversation. I'm the only player to ever table him. Just thought I'd drop that in. <laughs> I'm getting a T-shirt printed. <laughs> well done. You, you, you certainly need a T-shirt for that. I believe you have some questions. So it's not just a new site that's been set up, though, is it? The site is really cool, by the way. I think it's really awesome, and it's it's much more usable than Fields of Blood, and there's loads of elements to it. But you've set up a whole committee as well, so it's kind of a little bit mirroring the US system where they have proper regional committees with a, a, a lead. There's um, How many leads are there now in the UK that you've kind of coerced volunteered into into action <laughs> uh, there are five on this on this new committee there's myself there's john fox go for hunter matt Dewstap, and mark cunningham but yeah it's it is kind of mirroring the us scene it was uh, something that me and paul welsh wanted from from our numerous trips abroad and seeing how well uh, the us scene runs compared to the uk scene and so yeah we wanted to we wanted a master's committee um i took on the role of, of setting it off while paul helped me with some of the website development stuff what I wanted basically was just a team of people who could make decisions. So last year, I, I put forward a few suggestions for tweaks to the formula that's used for the rankings, which would better reflect the UK scene, because the current formula is written for the Warhammer tournament scene, and it doesn't really reflect the UK scene too well. I wanted to suggest a few tweaks, and I posted them in Fanatics, and everybody was, yeah, yeah, that's great, That's we, we should make those changes. And then it was, right, so who can actually make those changes who can say yes we'll do those changes and the answer is nobody because nobody's in charge it was just kind of ticking over by itself in the background so i wanted to set up a, a committee that would be responsible for sort of setting the rules of the of the organized play scene as to what counts towards a, a ranked event what is the formula for ranking players but then also for for organizing the uk masters in the end as well that kind of fell to john fox he volunteered himself last year but he could have done whatever he wanted he could have implemented soft scores and actually there'd be nobody to say no to anything that he wanted to do and there's, there'd be nobody to challenge one any, any of his inputs and stuff if the uk masters is to reflect the uk scene then we should have representatives from around the country on it if I was a TO and I wanted to set up a tournament and I wanted to be part of the scene, what's the requirements for it to be a, a Masters qualifying tournament in the UK? So at the moment, it has to be a singles event. Okay. Uh, doubles events aren't ranked. They can be added to the website. We can have the results added, but players don't get any scores for those results. It has to have at least three rounds and at least 10 players. It has to be Mantic army lists only. Not that I know of anyone who's allowed fan lists, but if anybody said in their pack, you can use this fan list that I wrote, then no, that's that's not a legal um, tournament for ranking. Again, we can add the results to the site, but it won't give any ranking points for it. And the other thing is that uh, the event has to be open to everybody. It can't be an invitational event. But you are okay with things like special monsters, for example, like a single yep. character? Yeah, absolutely. That's fine. 
that's a really cool addition to any event. But it's if somebody writes an army list, it's it's probably not going to have the same polish or balance. Come to think, but or historicals balance. are cool, right? Yeah, historicals are fine. There's something about historical lists, actually, it's a slight detour, isn't it? But because there's come some kind of because some of the rules in historical lists are not balanced in the same way that Clash of Kings have been. So at some point, probably, I guess, you need to take a look at kind of a, a standardized rule set of you know, like patches to fix onto historical list because for example you can have defense six heroes it's quite easy you just apply an item and they go straight up to defense six because that item hasn't been adjusted so stuff like that usually in tournament packs they kind of say that but i guess that would need if people start to kind of crush people with historicals which isn't happening um that might need to be looked at i guess it might need to be but it won't be looked at by the master's committee so one, one of the things that i wanted to emphasize with the role is that it's not going to be any actual in event rules so we're never going to issue any compacts we're never going to do a, a master's version of clash of kings or anything anything like that that's entirely with mantic we just agree with their suggestions that you use their annual balance and changes so is it something is this an official is it under the control of mantic the master's committee is this something that's official no, absolutely not. This is one of the things that I wanted to, to emphasise with Mantic themselves. Now, I had a big call with Matt Gilbert from Mantic, where I took him through the committee and the site and how it's all going to work and stuff. So they are aware of it and they've got direct contact with us if they if they want to. But one of the things that I wanted to emphasise was that we, we are going to be independent. We're not going to be beholden to them. We'll absolutely work with them if we think that it's it's something that will grow the community. And a specific example that I pulled out is, or two specific examples, if Mantic came to us and said, we want to promote the use of some Mantic Army Awards events. So not only will you have a, a Best Army Award, but you'll have a Best Mantic Army, or you'll have, the, you'll have an award for the highest place player with a Mantic Army. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do that. We'll we'll promote that. We'll put that functionality into the website. We'll do we'll do all of that because that's something that can help grow the game and grow grow the community. But on the other hand, if Mantic came to us and said, right, we only want people with Mantic armies to qualify for the masters or to get ranking points. Or if people use a Mantic army to get bonus ranking points, we're we're gonna say no to that because that could have some negative consequences for the community. So we aren't official. Um, they're well aware of us. We, we're approved, so to speak, by them, but we're, we're not official. We're not beholden to them. What changes to the organised play scene do you reckon we can expect going forward, kind of either through the Masters site or kind of through the organised play scene going forward? What's your, what's your thoughts? Well, first of all, we're not going to change anything for the current season. So for uh, US people listening, the UK operates on seasons, which run from November to November. Oh, sorry, from um, from November to the end of October in the next year. The current season is going to end at the end of October this year. Nothing's going to change for this season. Nothing's going to change for the Masters event that comes off the back of this season. But we are going to look at doing some changes uh, for the next season. Uh, so one of them is going to be an update to the rankings formula. So last year I suggested a few changes which would increase the emphasis on one-day events rather than two-day events because originally the formula was written for the Warhammer scene mm. where two-day events were the norm. But in Kings of War, one-day events are the norm. And what you find is that the formula gives too much weighting to two-day events. So we're just tweaking that formula to re-emphasise the one-day events. And it's, Now that's... The final decisions on that haven't been changed. It's just that's the objective is to change that formula. 
we're also going to look at some changes to the Masters format. So, again, this won't be for the Masters event that takes place in 2020. This will be for 2021. But one of the things that we're going to do is we're not only going to have the top 16 players get the invite to the Masters, but we're also looking at having everyone who wins the best in race gets an invite as well. That's cool. So that's one of the big differences, isn't it, between the US and the UK? Because the US Masters scene is they have their regional rankings and they take, a, I think, is it a team of eight, Mark, that come to the US Masters? That is correct. Yes, teams of eight. So they're, they're the, And there's eight, I want to say eight regions, is it? So they can have 64 players at their Masters event, which is as big, you know, that's massive. That's a huge event, as big as um, Clash of Kings. Yeah, it's almost lone wolf size. So, you know, probably a little bit short of lone wolf. So, but uh, 64 players is very nice. You know, it works out beautifully in the tournament and the matching system. So, you know, that's a, that's just a perfect number of players. It's due to populations, isn't it, really? So the UK scene is a lot more focused. So getting into that top 16 is actually, it's it's pretty tricky if you can't give whole weekends. So I assume your change is to reflect the amount of one-day events because overwhelmingly it's one-day events in the UK. There is, I'd say, maybe 10 10 to 12 two-day events max not even that many but yeah yeah and if you happen to win one of those your points are hugely inflated to the point where you are you know right up to the top of the rankings isn't it compared to a one day i suppose you it's not even if you win it's uh, it, even if you do moderately well at a two-day event you'll get more points for the ranking system than somebody who wins a one-day event i think it's about at the average two-day event, if you come about seventh or eighth at the two-day event, you'll actually get more points than someone who comes first at a one-day. Right. I can see why that might need adjusting, just because of the way the scene is, is set up. Yeah. Another big difference between US and UK is that the US, I think, it depends region to region, but I think some regions, it's just their top three finishes um, qualifies them, whereas the UK is a total, isn't it, of everything you've done in the year? No, the UK is top four. Oh, is it top four? So the UK, so yep. your top four finishes goes towards... Goes towards your ranking score, yes. Oh, that's as You can't just, for example, turn up and come 10th at every single event and then still get into the top, into the UK Masters. Nope, nope. Yeah, you have to do moderately well. Um, oh, however I'm doomed. To... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> but you, you do have that advantage. The more events you go to, do you know what? By luck, you're going to, just by sheer luck, you'll probably find yourself higher up the rankings. So in terms of that, how's the community feeding into this kind of into this? Because obviously it's quite a big community and they're moderately vocal in some cases. <laughs> um, how are we getting feedback from the community to kind of inform how it goes forward? So last year I put out the article where I proposed a bunch of changes and the feedback to that was 100% positive that everybody agreed it, it needed some changes and that they liked the changes that I put forward. Now, the uh, when it comes to the Masters Committee, will it be 100% what I propose? Probably not. We're going to... There's some other things that we're going to look at as well. But once we've decided what we'd like to change it to, we're going to run a community feedback survey to get the community's view on not just those changes, but some of the some of the other things that we want to change as well. If I can just lead into that slightly at the moment. So we're, we're looking at a couple of other things as well. So, for example, we're going to run a simultaneous non-Masters event alongside the Masters event, and that'll be held at the same venue on the same weekend, and that's open to everybody to attend. So the Masters weekend, yes, there will be the Masters tournament, and the, the winner of that tournament will be crowned the Master for the year, but if you want to come along and you want to enjoy the social side and you want to have some games of Kings of War, we're going to run an event at the same time as well. 
Oh, well, that's really cool. So it's kind of like a, this is what you could have won, but have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit like that, yeah. Where's, uh, where is it? Because it was a master, it was a Mantic HQ, wasn't it, previously? It was, yes. Uh, that will have to change if we are to increase the number of players at, at Masters. We're mulling over various options. So there's um, some of the guys want to potentially look at moving it around the UK each year. I'm not personally keen on that because I know that UK players are notoriously tricky to get them to travel large distances. And if the Masters event was held in, say, Edinburgh, then I think getting UK play, so the Southern England players up to Edinburgh might be a bit of a stretch. But we'll discuss that. And ultimately, if the if the Masters committee wants to go with that, then we would go with that. But certainly for the immediate one, what we'd do is look at another Midland venue for the for the masters oh i thoroughly approve of a midlands venue <laughs> just for travel for myself but it does make sense so yeah that sounds good in talking about features and like one of the cool features is the is the faction leaderboard which i really like there's a way of seeing kind of it's a indicative of balance i think in some ways as well as cool uh, you know who's playing these armies so last year obviously elves were right at the top and everyone complained about how strong elves were um, they're still up there at this point. They're at four. But Trident Realm have had 10 podiums this year since November. You know, yep. Far and away. They're way, way, way above any other army. Abyss was the second with six. But it seems like people are getting to grips now with the armies that have received, let's face it, massive boosts in Clash of Kings. And it kind of really changes how you look at armies. So dwarves are now down you know, right at the bottom, along with Ratkin. Ooh. Abyssal dwarves supposed to be really strong. They're down there. You know, right, you know, bottom half of the table. Top is Trident Realm, Abyssals, Undead, Elves, and Orcs. Well, I would I would challenge the assertion that it, it can be a, a measure of balance. It can be an indica- it can be an indication, potentially, mm. but so many variables that go into how well a faction does. So just their sheer popularity when it comes to things like models, that's a massive factor in in terms of uh, how well a faction does. And I think the fact that Trident Realm have had this massive push by Mantic and major releases, I think that has been a major component of why they've done so well this year is is people really getting scripts with the miniatures, really nice miniatures. And you know what? Next year, I expect that Night Stalkers will be the same because they've had all of their releases this year. It's probably a bit late in the year for, for people to build and paint their armies, to really influence where the where the faction sits by the end, but I bet next year um, the fact that people are building and painting so many Nightstalker armies will be a massive factor in how well they'll do. What I always say is that I feel the game is very balanced, and some armies yeah. are easier to play than others. Let's say, but Absolutely. actually, what it takes is just an ex- you know it's down to player skill. So the reason mm-hmm. elves were at the top last year is because there were exceptionally good elf players playing them they've now moved on to other armies and surprise surprise those other armies have started to jump up the rankings so i think it's more about the individual's skill although there seems to be there's some rogue person playing brotherhood who's best in race i don't know who that is but uh... yeah i don't know who who that is yeah (laughs) but brotherhood as a great example was an army that everyone said was terrible and broken and no one could ever win with brotherhood but it seems as if that's not quite the case so I think it's it's much more about player skill. And it's a really good indication of where people are putting their resource, like you say. And it is interesting to see how many of the top armies do have Mantically available armies. Mantically? Mantic available armies. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, absolutely. Right around, Bissels, Undead, Elves, Orcs, Ogres, 
these all that's the top six and they all have mantic available armies you have a full army so i think that's a really nice indication of people's support definitely so what features are coming up what's what's the plan what's the future features you're working on for the site so the future feature the biggest one is one that's going to be invisible to most people that is the back end for the community to to the community the committee to go in and update the rankings update events at the moment i'm doing that myself manually i'm going into the database and manually entering results and tweaking things around and stuff so getting that back end working is my main priority at the moment just to take the, the dependency on myself and letting others do some of the work as well in case i'm not available for whatever reason so that's the biggest thing the other things that we're working on so uh club leaderboards is something that uh, has been requested i think is a is a really good idea where a player can be assigned to a club or a team and not only can we have the faction leaderboards but we can have the the club leaderboards as well i think that'll be a really interesting way of driving more competition in in the scene uh, we do have a lot of considerations about what the rules are around these clubs mm-hmm. so my nightmare scenario for example would be well it would start off with you know reality where northern kings wins really yeah absolutely but you know it gets two days before the end of the season northern kings are ahead quite significantly so everybody else joins a single team and overtakes <laughs> <laughs> that is a great idea i'm going to do that <laughs> it might drive people towards because there's a real I, I noticed in the u.s scene there's a real club focus so you know i'm a bruce blue city brawler i'm from uh what's the name of that what's the name of that club from the south mark that's in dojo that's really, dojo right dojo hey you know up here we have the ohio war Kings. so right they're famous i've heard of them so stuff like that. so there's a really strong affiliation people go along they have shirts and there's a bit of that in the uk but actually i'd like to see a bit more of that people joining together because it gives more focus it brings more new players in it gives a kind of a kudos to it so i think that's a great idea yeah i, th- I think in the uk the, the only ones that i can name off the top of my head would be the northern kings you know the amazing ones and then also the the Moonrakers. and yeah. i'd say those are the two big teams and i apologize if there is another big team but i can't think of one right now feel free to leave angry comments when <laughs> well i think uh harris Dusnap will mention the warborns gabers club so you know right yeah. and i would be remiss to not mention the celestial forge where i usually play so come on now there's two people but hey come on now there, <laughs> see there's clubs out there so you know and listen to you guys talk it sounds like the northern kings are kind of like the harlem globetrotters of uh, i don't know if you guys have heard oh of don't that. say that <laughs> they're really nothing it's like a two-bit outfit there's a couple of guys <laughs> So we'll get all the other clubs will be the Washington Generals. Is that what you guys are telling me? You guys got to pick it up a little bit. Put the Northern Kings <laughs> in their place here, guys. Exactly, yeah. But that's that's the thing. We need, we need to agree within the committee what are the rules on the clubs going to be. You know, is there a maximum number of players in the club? Uh, what happens if somebody leaves or joins halfway through a season? That sort of thing. We just need to talk through some rules around the clubs and then that can be set up we're also looking at doing some region leaderboards so that you can break down the current leaderboards into what's your score by region i think that'll be an interesting thing to drive you know more competition within a region itself and then the other thing that i'm always always really interested in as a data analyst is more information summaries 
so I don't know if anybody's noticed, but I started to sneak win-loss-draw stats onto the site. If you look at people's results for some of the latest results entered, we've got the stats on wins, losses and draws, which wasn't available previously. I can't backfill it, unfortunately. And then from that, I can I can add some summaries to players and it can show things like their their win percentage and their loss percentage and various other stats. That's, that's going to be really interesting, I think. Cool. I'm just looking through now. So we click on, is it through the leaderboard? You click on somebody's name and then you get that, go through that way or is it you click on events to get to that? If you look at the event, I'll try and find one that's got it because it does depend on which ones. There we go. If you look on the event, so Ultibash 7, if you click on me, I've got results for Ultibash 7. Okay. If you look on the results on that page, it's got the win, win draw, loss. Ah, oh, cool. Ah, oh, yeah, I can see that. That's great. There's Andy Ransom's crushing victory. <laughs> top player top player you know good that sounds really cool is there anything else you want to ask mark it seems to me that seems to be really um a really great start it's very efficient it works really quickly it's got all the information you need yeah, absolutely it's a fantastic site something for us to aspire to here in the u.s so we can get uh, something as super cool as this so and you put this all together yourself nick that is amazing yeah, so I work with databases for my job, so that side of it wasn't too difficult, but I'm not a web developer, so learning PHP and, and MySQL was something brand new to me. So that was interesting. That's that's taken quite a while for me to get up to speed with that and get it together. And you had some help from Paul Welsh as well, right? Uh, a little bit here and there. So he helped with the uh, the design of it, so he came up with the logo, he came up with the sort of visuals of of the main banner and the little things like the link colours you wouldn't think would be something that makes a difference, but it did when he changed them. I was like, oh, yeah, that certainly <laughs> looks a lot better now. That's cool. I met Paul for the first time, actually, at uh, the Mantic Open Day. He's a really cool guy. Yeah, he is. He's awesome. Fantastic. Well, why don't we go ahead and slide into a commercial break? We'll come back on the other side and we'll do shout-outs and we'll wrap up the show. We'll be back to Countercharge after this brief message! <laughs> Howdy, this is Mark Cox. And this is Jeff Swan. And this is Ryan Smith, and we are the Beer Phase Podcast. We're three TOs from Texas, and we talk about the most important phase in Kings of War, as well as other games we play, the Beer Phase. Hang out with us and get our thoughts on hobby, the best beer available, any gaming tactics and current events in the gaming community, as well as guest interviews from people from all over the world that have the same hobbies we do. So grab a beer and have a laugh with us as we BS about all things Wargaming. Check us out on Twitter at TheBeerPhase and TheBeerPhase.Podbean.com or on iTunes, TheBeerPhase, one word. Hello, this is totally not Brian Blessed. All right. Well, Nick, I am so excited about this. It's very cool. I, I can't believe you threw this all together and stuff like that. I'm glad you got a little assistance from Paul. When you mentioned that, I thought you were going to say he brought you cups of coffee while you were slaving away. <laughs> <laughs> Pint of cider, surely. I'm glad that I had a little more input than that. So very cool. So, so do you have any shout outs for us, Nick? Uh, yeah, I just want to say a big thank to Paul and the uh, and the committee members just for um, for Paul's help, and then the committee members for our work going forwards. It's going to be fantastic. 
Shortest shout-out segment ever. All right, Steve. (laughs) I know you have more of that. Kind of get your update and uh, shout-outs, and then hopefully you'll end it up with kind of your tour schedule for the remainder of the year. So Something like that, yeah. So no, I'll shout-out the Celestial Forge guys because they let me play in the house, and that's really cool. Um, So uh, that's Richard Miller and Stefan Donovan. Um, If I'm going to shout-out my own YouTube channel, Search for Death by Dragons. There's some uh, battle reports going up, so I'm enjoying that. That's good fun. So yeah, until I'm really keen to catch up with gamers when I go to events. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to go to Shroud of the Reaper, Wisdom of Death, which is down in Bexley in London. That's on the 20th of July. So that should be a quite cool tournament. Looking forward to that. And then after that, I'm at Battle Masters, which is Shroud's tournament in Loughborough. That's the 2500 point tournament, the 31st of August. And then after that, it's going to be Clash of Kings. So Clash of Kings is 28th of September. So I'm hoping to get a decent setup bit like uh, Rob's roundtable setup so people can sit down and have a chat about the game and how it's uh, about their matches and about the state of the UK scene. And then after that, I've just booked in to uh, the Black Dragon Tudea, which is uh, 16th of November. And that's at Hinkley. That's a two-day tournament, 2,000 points. So I'm looking forward to that as well. So if you see me there, you can't miss me because I'm tall and annoying. Um, please do come and say hi and uh, and yeah I'd like to get your thoughts on the on the game scene get some good content for Countercharge and get you onto a podcast that would be awesome yeah that's me shout out my wife love my wife carry on well, <laughs> I suppose if we're doing events and stuff uh, yeah where are you going to be man I'm actually travelling up to Stirling in Scotland in July for the King Beyond the Wall tournament on the 6th it's just an excuse to have a have a weekend away in Scotland really I've got Southwest Clash at the end of July down in Bristol, and the in August I'm also at BrickCon for the Swords of Summer tournament. It's 2,600 points. That's going to be really interesting. I'm not sure what to take for that. And then I, too, am at Clash of Kings this year. And do you know what, Steve? Mm. I challenge you for the first game. Oh, what? Why would you do this to me? <laughs> You're doing it live on air. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So, so, so how many months? So that's going to be four months of winding you up about our first game. Uh, I can't wait for that. I, I accept what? your challenge. Excellent. Humbly. Actually, what I want to do, Nick, because because I travel around a bit with my work, I am going to come up your way, and I want to get you on 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 my YouTube channel as well. It'd be great to get some games against you, a bit more practice. Definitely. But, uh, it'll be super cool to play. Plus, that means if I lose my first game, the pressure's off for the rest of the tournament, <laughs> so I'm fine with it. Is this just your secret way to get a massive victory to try and climb? This is what this is. No. I get it. No, no. Oh dear. If I, was, if I wanted a massive victory, I'd challenge you to dunking. <laughs> <laughs> braver man than I to you, you are to say that <laughs> Nick can get away with that though so I know, I know Dan would stomp me into the dirt so. uh, next year next year <laughs> and for myself of course I have to shout out uh, easyarmy.com can you spot blaster on the page Greg does a lot of work for the community so if you have a few pounds few shackles you know few few ruples something floating around you know just toss him his way as a big thank you for everything that he does so I really really appreciate him and all the hard work he does over there at easyarmy.com. And, of course, I'm going to be shouting out the Legends Team Tournament in, I'm going to say Fort Worth or something else, but it will be at the Black IP Vodka Distillery over there. Uh, It might be getting close to sold out, so if you're really interested, try to find Jeff Swan. And there is a Facebook page for that, but check it out. Rob, Jeremy, and myself will be there. Colin will also be in tow, so we are forming a team, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that. And that's going to be my one big travel event for the year. So 
very, very excited about that. So definitely got to check that out. All right. So, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure having you today. Always great catching up with you. And, uh, Nick, why don't you go ahead and take us out? Until next time, guys, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.